You're listening to Access to Accessibility with David Moore. From the Day Space Podcast Network, this show was recorded for Tri-C Radio, the, the voice of Cuyahoga Community College. Now on to the show. Welcome back to a show that I have not done in a while, guys. And I, I, I seriously apologize because, to be all honest, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be completely honest with you guys. All right, here's the deal. I really do want to do this show, but for me, on and on a level that I probably have a really hard time explaining to anybody, you know, putting putting this microphone in front of my face by myself feels a lot more difficult to me than than having you know Steve or anybody on the other end on another mic sitting there next to me. Even, Honestly, even some shows I listen to, podcasts that I listen to, it's just the other person, the co-host, is almost saying, yep, mm-hmm, and the, and the other person who's extremely talented is, you know, going on and on and on. And, and the truth is that this show that, that quite passionately I want to do, it, it's, it's just a little bit difficult, and, and I'm extremely excited to see the amount of enthusiasm and people who were interested in listening to the show. I mean, I was not expecting the audience size nearly, nearly close to what, like, actually happened, okay? I am extremely impressed with the amount of people who actually ended up listening to the first episode of this show. And and I want to say thank you. Because without that, maybe maybe I wouldn't be sitting here even considering doing the second episode of the show. Now, I always want I like our shows on this on this network to be a little bit freehand, a little bit like yeah, yeah. I prepared a little bit, but I also you know I I want it to come off as you know me, not you know what I planned me to say. And when it, when it's by yourself. That is and becomes a lot more difficult. And I, okay, so so let's just get into what I want to talk about in this episode. I, I I know that I mentioned in the first episode what goes wrong in these things. Okay, so I, I decided that I wanted to do an episode on on what to do to make something as accessible and the things that you shouldn't do to make it unaccessible. Let's let's start with not ignoring somebody's preference on how to do something. Okay, now this is this is important. Accessibility is this tool that we all have. We can all use this and this is another thing I want to point out is that you know, the accessibility tools are not only for those with disabilities, it is for even the common, most normal person in the world who just, you know, needs a little help doing something or even fixing something that is actually physically wrong with their device. I mean, we get there too. There's a few things that that people do, and, and sometimes it's not even their fault, and it's it's about them. It's just like DRM. It's kind of a kind of this thing that people do to protect what what's considered theirs, what they consider their own property and what they consider to be, you know, their stuff. Okay. The first thing that I want to bring up that, that shouldn't be done when trying to make something accessible and 
here's here's my other opinion on that. Is something everything should be accessible. Everything. Look, it you want the widest audience, then then make something that can be reached to everybody. Don't don't disclude those, you know, who might need a tiny bit of help with something or, you know, need the extra hand to participate in it. The first thing I that people do is disclude people from using their technology. Now, I bring this up in this because this is the first thing I thought of because this is the worst worst thing there is. In high school, and I know I told this story in the first episode. I was denied the use of an iPad. Now, I understand that there are reasons for why Somebody would refuse to let me use an iPad. It's so that I wouldn't be sitting there playing games, goofing off, playing God knows what, Temple Run 2, okay? Sitting there, messing around, not getting anything done. The truth is, using an iPad and other forms of technology, which is a whole other episode of what I recommend in my opinion... Okay, if I'm sitting there doing work and you tell me that I can't use it, now you've not only have now you affected my disability by refusing to let me use a tool that I have chosen to use because it benefits me. You have now denied me the right of using that. Then inconvenienced me even further. You inconvenienced me even further than my disabilities. Now that I have to go to an office, I have to legitimately argue with someone who already knows me, who already knows that I'm using this as a tool, okay, to just excuse it, but now I've wasted time. Now, when you have a disability, time is key in a lot of cases. Any tool that can make keeping up with work or keeping up on time is very, very, very important, okay? It's an amazing tool. Now, if I can use an iPad, even if it's to read to me, it is to type everything because I can't read my own handwriting, whatever the case may be, uh, you know, it helps me here because it has a microphone, whatever, whatever the case, or you're using, you know, all sorts of other forms of technology to benefit those who have disabilities. If you make it a inconvenience to use that said device or piece of technology, you have now destroyed, destroyed the whole purpose of even that piece of technology. Is now because it is now an inconvenience in an argument, you push people back steps. Now, now here's here's the thing about steps. Okay, when when you have a disability. And this is this is in my case, in my case particularly. I made a stride to make a step forward. Because something if you want to overcome something, you have to make take steps. And I've learned this in many ways, is it takes time. And if if you can't you know, take your time with the steps because if you can't make small, small, small improvements, one, one little thing at a time, you know, it hurts. Now, if somebody inconveniences you and makes you feel like 
this thing that you thought was going to brilliantly change your life. Because, trust me, when it, you're using a tool and you realize what it is and what it's capable of, you know it's going to benefit you as an individual. Another, and, and and this is just just that, is if a person knows that, that that said device or piece of technology will benefit them as an individual, they should be... Never, never should be denied the right to use that that item or device. Another thing that I've noticed, and this is this includes all sorts of people, right? Professors or instructors or even coworkers or anybody in the, in the environment will give you a file format. Because this is a technology kind of thing that's not accessible. Okay, now this this is not entirely their fault. I brought this up already. Let's just use the example of a PDF, okay? You hand me a PDF. It is a compiled work of words and things that you, as a as a person decided that you wanted me to read or that I openly wanted to read. This file was created with a regular word processor in a regular program that in any other format would be totally accessible. Screen readers, you know, dictation, editable, edit, edit, editable. It sounds like I mean eating, but I mean changing. The um, no, you got to realize that if I wanted to use some sort of tool to allow me to read it easier, now now PDFs are great because you can zoom and all sorts of other things. But the trick is when you highlight that text. In most cases, a reader will not recognize those words because. And this is this is a thing that just happens. They don't want you to recognize each individual word because they don't want you to copy and paste because they don't want you to steal their work. And I totally understand this, right? Let's let's give an example here because I feel like I'm going somewhere where I shouldn't be going in a way that I don't. Let's, last semester, I had a professor who gave me notes. These notes were fill in the blank, okay? So basically, every sentence would have a missing word. In this process, you were meant to keep up with it, right? And take the notes. Now, most students, who in my opinion are a little bit stuck in the past, would go to, go to Blackboard, like most college students, download the PDF of his notes, print them all out. These were... 20 physical pieces of paper, which is not something good for people who are trying to be organized because of whatever reason. Not only that, they would waste their entire printer vouchers. They would fill in these by handwriting. Now, because these are PDFs, because they're in a format that is uneditable, these blanks could not be typed into, Right? Now, this would be wonderful if I could just throw that in a Word document, type it in. These are little little things that people 
don't realize is little little changes can benefit those who need them. File formats in general, and, and, and this applies even in, in other things like graphic design or other things where people don't understand what they're giving you or what they have to give you and they give you the wrong things. But But if... Now that PDF is, in my opinion, almost near useless. Yes, I could get a PDF editor, and yes, I could handwrite, okay? But then that process takes more work and harder to keep up. And in general, with a disability, a student would already have a hard time keeping up with the notes. It's just the little tiny little things that make the hugest difference. Once again, it goes back to the same things is basically, and, th- and this, is, this is the rule of thumb that I would give anybody who's trying to benefit those who could use help. Make whatever it is, is in a, in every possible way that you can distribute whatever it is, make it available in that way. Another, another wonderful thing that technology brings is the fact that everything is digital okay so notes i need from a professor can be emailed to me things there 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 was a day and i'm I'm gonna go here because i mentioned the steps okay in kindergarten i literally hand wrote on giant line paper now giant line paper is basically take a sheet of paper I count the lines, and there's probably, I don't know, 100, somewhere between 50 lines or something, maybe 20-something, I don't know. The point is there's a lot more lines on a piece of lined paper than six, okay? Now, there. imagine if you were to take every single one of those lines and make it into six. Just, just six lines on one whole sheet of paper. You get, you know, a top bar, the middle bar, and the whatever. It's basically large versions of that pan paper that they would give you to teach you how to handwrite your letters, okay? Now imagine that paper, then imagine it in a way that you could basically write every letter giant forever. That is where I started with this disability. And I wrote in Sharpies. I mean permanent Sharpie markers. The big, the big, thick, giant ones, right? It's, it's amazing that my hands are not stained to a perfect black color after that, okay? My handwriting is, to this day, unreadable, illegible, completely useless to anybody, including myself, Okay? Technology and accessibility tools and even just regular electronics have made it possible for me to physically type everything. I I feel bad when I have to sign a sign-in sheet and I have to ask the guy next to me for a pen because at this point in my life, I don't want to carry a pen because by force of habit, I will have chosen the pen over my iPad. But what will benefit me better is to slap it on my keyboard dock, physically type out my own notes, have 
have movable documents between electronic devices to think things like iCloud and things that are just features that you don't realize how beneficial they are until you've actually used them. Back to the Sharpies. Now, from the giant line paper, I moved on to... Actually, actually, I was was put it this way. I had everything enlarged to two and a half times, almost. A little bit actually past that. That means, you know, like those big sheets of paper that, like, you take at events where, like, everybody writes, like, really big words so that you can see it in the group, right? Those kind of sheets of paper. Basically, those were what my worksheets looked like. Um, which actually didn't work for the Sharpies because the Sharpies were so big that they had to be basically that big. After after realizing and being sick of my Sharpie hands, I be, because I was disgusted with myself because if you work with Sharpies for a really long time, it is near impossible to not get at least a little bit on your hands, especially when you can't see that well. I decided that in my head, no matter how much I would struggle, I was going to decide to move to pens. Now, because pens, pens are the next step there, okay? In particular, erasable pens, greatest invention ever of the pen, because, now this is, this is, this will sound ridiculous to someone who, who doesn't understand how, how little things do matter, and it's these little tiny little things. A black pen. It's a heck of a lot easier to read for somebody who has a vision impairment than a white, silverish graphite pencil. It's the tiniest little bit difference to probably somebody who has perfect vision. But just using a solid black pen makes the world a difference. It's the same thing as when you sit in the back of the class... And the professor starts to write on the whiteboard in the green dry erase marker. Worst invention ever. Just saying. Black erasable pens. Best type of pen. Green dry erase markers. Bad idea. So because because I was sick of of writing in Sharpies and sick of being disgusted with my own hands and feeling like I had to soak them in hot water on a regular basis just to remove the stains. I forced myself to read pens. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. And this is, this is an opinion. I wouldn't know if that was the right thing to do would be to demand and force myself to, to move on because I I felt upset with myself. Now that that's something that I think a lot of people with disabilities realize. And look, it to, to fit in with with what I'd consider and I hate using this word, but I would consider normal people to to not stand out, to not, you know, to blend, to blend, to meld in the melding pot. Certain, certain activities and certain things would have to have been done to do so. 
after the pens, I decided that I would no longer use the giant papers now. This is this is another part of my disability is not only is my vision bad is because my vision is bad it causes me to be a little bit disorganized and now it's because to see everything is is kind of difficult i force myself because basically to fit those papers in a normal binder or a normal folder you would have to fold them in half which would mean that you could only see half of what whatever it was right not only that is even though they were filled in half they would stick out of whatever it was and they just didn't fit and this this was another thing i had to realize now to solve that problem in 2004 ish i'd consider it i guess the school solution was what is known as an alpha smart which is basically the greatest idea for a normal person who wants to type everything because it is a portable keyboard with a terrible screen i wouldn't even consider it a screen it's basically a calculator but it allows you to type like a word processor and then import it to word if that damn thing wasn't so hard to read because it's basically a calculator screen. For a vision-impaired student who has terrible handwriting, that would be the uh, ultimate solution. And that is what I said in fifth grade. Okay? Maybe not in the exact words, but I said, I love this thing, but it is so hard to see. And I knew that someday, and, and someday I would live to see would be the same thing but but like you know like a computer like a laptop right but laptops were 100 pounds alpha smarts were you know a pound they were keyboards <laughs> keyboards that ran on double a batteries and a calculator screen so i i i tried that i tried that stupid thing for three years I tried to type everything. I tried to. Not only this is it was one of those big, stupid, old-fashioned kind of keyboards. So every time you hit a key, it would make super loud noises. So basically, from moving from sharpies to pens and getting rid of giant papers, okay. Now standing out instead of writing with sharpies and having giant paper, I now had a keyboard and an Alpha Smart, and I was the only person in the class who had one, and. Not, I'm not going to sit there and take handwritten notes. It's just stupid. It's just not going to help me. The other worst thing that professors did in the past before this technology era, and they don't do this any Well, I shouldn't say they don't do this anymore because I've seen it happen, is the invention of overheads, which an overhead projector is basically translucent paper where you write on it with thinner dry erase markers and they project it up on the board. These are always really yellow. The school doesn't replace bulbs. They're they're dirty and they're ancient and you cannot read them if you cannot see well. Especially considering like they actually tried to take like actual computer documents that were printed or like actual book pages that were printed onto these. So they're just super tiny and awful. And I said, one day I'll have a computer that'll do all this for me. 
I grew up a little bit more and laptops were the thing. And a lot of people had laptops. I even had a crappy laptop that I got as soon as I could get one with the cheapest amount of money I could possibly get on a computer because I knew that even if it was a piece of crap, it would benefit me. And it did. And what I realized was as even though it was a hundred pounds, it was super heavy, super awkward and horrible, horrible. And and I know it because the year after I carried that and all my textbooks, I went to a doctor and they told me I had mild bits of scoliosis. Thank God I grew out of that. Now, what I learned from that was what, what we're kind of doing in technology now is this ultra book thing, whatever. Okay. I had at the, at the time, because I'm thinking this is the beginning of high school when I got that computer, I had an iPod Nano, third generation, so it was the weird little, it was like the square one that was not the little tiny one, but the, like one that was super old before they made them rectangles again, they made them rectangles and they made them squares and they made them rectangles and they made it tiny little square and now it's back to being a rectangle. I had that, that was the only iDevice I had, I had the crappiest Windows computer you could imagine, a piece, a piece of chunk, I don't know, 2.025 RAM megabytes of RAM. It was, I don't even want to talk about Somehow I managed to do the things I did on it. And I'm impressed with everything that I've ever seen that I've done looking back with that thing. The, what I said at that time, and this is when I started scanning stuff and and scanning is the worst thing in the world too, is because there's no way to keep up with everything. I had organized myself in a a jiggy rig way that I would never recommend anybody do, but at least it worked. And I said, this has got to become all on this laptop and it's got to stay there and professors have to email me and teachers need to email me things because I need, I need to get rid of this paper because paper is, is a vision terrorized because, because on, on a digital format, you can enlarge everything without without printing it on giant paper without printing it on 12 extra sheets of paper you can you can manipulate it you can pinch to zoom on a touch device and this is what i said before i had my ipad i had heard rumors that they were making of a large ipod touch i had not had one everybody else had an ipod touch i said they were too small and too hard for me to read it turns out after i've learned enough about them i've learned out that they're the best thing in the world for somebody who had a disability like this I I decided that I had to get everything digital, even if it was on this crappy computer. I hear rumors of a giant iPod Touch. It's the iPad. This is before it came out, before it was announced. I instantly started putting money aside because I knew that whatever that was, whatever item they were going to release was going to be a game changer because I knew that that thing, if it was a thin, light, as portable as an iPod, but bigger, it was going to replace this need for paper and notebooks and things that, with the disability, stressed me out because it, it's, 
it's something hard to explain to somebody who doesn't and it it's it's a it's a strange reality to live in is where and this is something that I wanted and I wanted to move forward I know people who have stayed where they were because they got into a comfort zone and that's that's fine for them and that's you know something but I'm I'm always trying to push push the disability prove to myself that I can overcome this thing that that I don't I don't want to have because I want to just be like everybody else and that I know that sounds like probably really sad but the truth is is it's something that I as an individual choose that I want for myself is to just I don't want to be any different than than the other guy so I figured out that that device could replace and be that Alpha Smart the the digital device without a calculator screen something that could handle everything right and I had to argue and demand the entire end of high school to use that thing after I got it and that's you know this it's the truth is and this is I'll go back to this again whatever you are creating for somebody who has a disability whatever if you are a person with a disability demand it in the form that you need it in because that is the secret okay as a person who wanted to not as a person who you know wants wants things to be good for everybody and who wants things to benefit people you need to get things the way that are going to benefit you and the ways that are going to help you as an individual if we don't if we don't say something if we don't ask for them to change the color of the marker or change the file format that we have been distributed whatever the notes that our professor gives us we're not going to make a difference okay and we're not going to benefit ourselves guys i can't believe i made it this far in the show and honestly as a person who hates doing a mic show by himself i liked a lot of what i said and hate a billion other things that i said um i am very happy to see the amount of feedback that i received on the first show this show is access to accessibility it's available on itunes by searching day space d-a-c-e s-p-a-c-e that is the podcast network where you can find the other shows where i feel like (laughs) i hate a lot less of what i say on them (laughs) um no i i feel like if i don't be completely honest with you guys um I'm doing a disservice and not being being the true person that I am. So, to be totally honest, I'm not going to know when I'm going to do another episode of this show. I would like to promise that I'm going to do one next week. But I'd love to see you guys' feedback. Um, because, truly, uh, I saw that a lot of people actually listened to the first episode of this show. And it it amazes me. And... What I really would appreciate because I need you guys' motivation to feel like that this show is worth doing. Because I I want to do this show, but I need to know that other people want me to do this show. Because 
it is hard to for me it is hard to sit down in front of this mic without somebody sitting across from me on the other mic and that's that's it and guys i really do enjoy this show and i about halfway through the show i felt good and as i looked at the counter and realized that this show is almost over i just felt it in the little bit of my stomach saying that's it's rough it's hard and I'm, i've got to tell myself that you got to relax and realize that the world isn't out to get you um my name is david moore and you can find me on Twitter at DaySpace, D-A-C-E-S-P-A-C-E. I'd love to hear from you guys and hear about your opinions on this show. I will see you guys again, I promise. If, if it's not next week, I promise I will make another episode of this show. Good night. It is 1230 Eastern Standard Time in the morning. Talk to you guys later. Bye.